What if everything you've been taught about money was wrong? How would you respond? In 1971, the rules of money changed, but the way we were taught to invest did not. Go to the newroadtowealth.com to learn the new rules of money they are not telling you about. The newroadtowealth.com. A faster road to wealth is now open. Don't get left behind. The newroadtowealth.com. This is Terrio Media. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing, the place where I show people how to escape the rat race using real estate. You just got to shift your focus. That's all. Shift your focus from making piles of money to making streams of money. Change that one thing one time and you are on your way to financial freedom. But Matt, it's got to take more than focus. Well, yeah, it takes more than focus. It takes action to back up your focus. But it's hard to take an action that doesn't, that isn't in alignment with your focus. So that's why I say you just got to change one thing one time. Right? So you just got to shift your focus from making piles of money. Nothing wrong with piles of money. It's just going to take you longer to get you your financial freedom. Focus on making streams of money. That's going to get you there. It's not the most exciting path, I promise you, but it is the fastest, and that's a promise as well. And once you get there, life then becomes exciting, all right? So uh, speaking of exciting, I just got back from Las Vegas. Life seems to always be exciting there. However, this was more of a business trip than a pleasure one, but still exciting. As I met with my hedge fund mentor and mastermind group, uh, this is a different mastermind group. I got a, I joined a, a second mastermind group that's uh, made up of fellow fund managers. As the uh, Epic Wealth Fund is now open, officially this time. I know I've been mentioning it here for quite a while, mentioning it here and there, and but the fund is officially open and now operating. And this is a super big milestone for me as it was, uh, it's gonna take my real estate business to the next level for lack of a better expression. The, the next level is rather overused, but uh, that's really what it's gonna do. And, and th- if this is the, the next level for you, I mean, if you are wholesaling, fixing and flipping, buying and holding, if you're doing all that and you're doing it consistently, this may be the next level for you. You see, this was a question from one of my coaching clients. He went on to tell me about how well he was doing in his business. He, has, he had a great year. He's generating leads consistently. He's contacting those leads. He's putting properties under contract. And, and some of those, now he's now buying himself and some he's wholesaling to other investors. And he asked me, what's next? What do I do next? So my answer was that, that uh, you need to start replacing yourself in your business. That was my advice to him. It's time to move from that S quadrant into the B quadrant. And if you don't know to, know to what I'm referring there, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, the S quadrant being the self-employed quadrant. And that's really like kind of the worst place to be. That's the worst quadrant to be in, uh, especially if, if you have aspirations of making a lot of money because what happens there is you do have the potential to make a lot of money, but you also it also requires a whole lot of your time as well. And, you know, take it from me. Sometimes that that exchange is not worth it. 
there's been several times in my business where I just kind of wish I was an employee and I could just check out at five o'clock every day and, and check out on the weekends. So you don't want to be in the S quadrant too long. Once you're in the S quadrant, you really want to make a focus for getting yourself over to that B quadrant. It's kind of our focus of getting out of the rat race, shifting your focus from making piles of money, which is what you do in the S quadrant, to creating streams of money, which is what you do in the B quadrant. And you, you do that by making yourself redundant in your business. You duplicate yourself. And you can do that in a number of ways. One way is through technology. That'd be the first place I look, is the first place I looked. Because I know through the implementation of the project management software Podio that we put into, into place this year and all the bells and whistles that can accompany to it, it's quite um, robust and uh, it can be it can be amazing because <laughs> it can essentially run your whole business. And what we've been able to do, with, just for example, we've completely eliminated a task that was previously carried out by a human in my office. And what that task is, it's a very, very important task and it's a very time-consuming task, is getting offers out to all of our suspect leads. Because we have, a, um, uh, what do we call that? It's a rule in this office that anyone that calls us is going to get an offer from us. And uh, if you'd like to uh, contact the Podio Ninja that put my whole system in place, or I should say the Podio Ace, uh, you can connect with John at reiace.com, R-E-I-A-C-E. Ace.com. And so that's the first way, through technology. Look there first. There's a lot of great systems and products and all kinds of stuff out there that can uh, really make life easier on yourself. The second way that you can duplicate yourself in your business is through virtual assistants. Now, these are people, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of where people meet technology or technology meets human beings. And, and I now have five VAs working for me. And they work for me in the capacity of screening all of my incoming calls and they sort all of my, those leads. They put them, you're a prospect or a suspect, a prospect or a suspect. And that's all they do all day long, those incoming calls. And then once uh, that's been established, they go ahead and they conduct the property analysis. So they go out and they do all the research they possibly can and fill in all the blanks that we didn't, were unable to get from the leads. They fill in that information for the property. And those are two of the most time consuming Yet essential, but time-consuming tasks a real estate investor has. And uh, so that right there between technology and then the VAs, that has freed up so much of my time to where I can still actually produce this podcast. That's Because there was a time where I was like, uh-oh, I got to choose one or the other. But I chose to create the system to, to uh, duplicate myself in those arenas. And that's what I did. So I'm still here with you. All right. So uh, if you're looking for your first or next virtual assistant, you can go where I found mine at vasforrealestate.com, vasforrealestate.com. It's V-A-S for realestate.com. Then the third way is by working with independent contractors or even employees. And we took that big step this year. We actually hired employees. We have people in our employee status. So I've got three employees in-house that help with the admin, they help with the transaction coordination, and they help with our property marketing. And then I have a large number of independent contractors that I work with. They, uh, they span the whole range, the scope of bookkeeper, accountant, graphic designer, website design. Um, I have a marketing consultant. I've got a legal team. I've got an acquisition coordination. I've got a bunch of those in different markets, acquisition coordinators, and a bunch more. And that's all. just to kind of share with you, that's pretty much the sequence of how I duplicated myself in my business. One, through technology. 
two through VAs, and then three through employees and independent contractors, anything that I could not solve with technology or virtual assistants. And my next step, the fourth place would be, would is going to be the most challenging, one of which uh, might take a while, and I'm not in any real hurry, but that would be duplicating myself entirely out of the business, hiring a CEO to do what I do, to manage my operation, and not just the daily activities, to, but to manage its direction and the future of it, to manage my systems, to manage my teammates. And like I said, I'm in no hurry here. But that is a goal of mine at some point, and I'll know when I find that person. It's going to be a, a very, uh, just because of, I consider my business my baby. It's kind of like looking for another parent to take care of your kids, right? So you're looking for a very special person. And But I'm at a point, you know, although I can't leave my business for an indefinite amount of time, it can operate on its own for weeks at a time now, and, and that's good enough for me right now. But I still want to scale, so I'm still interested in getting bigger, uh, so I shared all of that to discuss the next, next level. You know, level one, you do deals. Level two, set up your systems to do deals. Level three, get people to run your systems. And then level four, you want to scale. You want to go big. And I'll tell you how I'm doing that and how you can too right after this. You know how some people want to invest in real estate, but they don't know how? Oh, yeah. And you know how some people want to invest in real estate, but they don't have the time? Oh, yeah. And you know how some people want to invest in real estate, and they simply don't want to do all that work? Oh, yeah. Do you know someone like this? Mm-hmm. Perhaps that someone is you? Uh, yeah. If so, subscribe to the Turnkey Real Estate Investing Podcast, the show for busy people who want to invest in real estate but don't have the time or the desire to take on the heavy lifting. Turnkey Real Estate Investing. Subscribe today. It's free. Yeah. Turnkey Real Estate Investing. If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I've built my entire portfolio without one dime of my own money or one point of my own credit. And if you're brand new to this show, well, now you know. And, and when people hear that, that I've built my portfolio with limited personal funds and never got a bank loan, they th they think one of two things. They're like, yeah, right, scammer. You're like all the other gurus on TV. That's one thing that they think. Or two, there's a genuine interest of curiosity of like, you know, how were you able to do that? So to first answer the cynics, yes, it's true. My little pessimists out there, I did it. And it makes no difference to me, by the way. It makes no difference to me or my bottom line, whether you believe it or not. I just go on about my business and you can go on about yours. I'm perfectly okay with that. To date, I've got more than 100 rental units of which are all conservatively and responsibly. I can hear the negativity out there already. They are conservatively and responsibly leveraged via seller financing or private financing. That's how you do it. That's how you do it with minimal money and without involving banks or your credit score. It's not a secret. It's not magic. It's like anything else. You just learn how and then you do it. Now, to answer the second question that uh, frequently comes up or what the, the second thought that comes to people's mind, how are you able to do that? Um, I guess I just answered that through you know, seller financing and private financing. But more specifically, um, through the years, it's not uncommon for me and the longer I'm in my business, the more frequent it happens to cross paths with people that want to invest in real estate with me in the interest so that they can leverage my experience while also avoiding the perceived heartaches and effort that can accompany 
you know, property ownership. You know, in, the, in those past scenarios, I've been able to create some great relationships and some great wins for my partners and myself. They've invested their money into a specific property or strategy with me. They're typically recorded as a lien on the properties that we invest in. And then I'm on title. So they're the lien. I'm on title. I'm the owner of the property. And what that does, it just it's just a structure, a very neat and clean structure that keeps the line of responsibilities very clean and clear, as well as it keeps the law very clean and clear. Now, after a decade, yeah, wow, a decade of, of creating these types of joint venture relationships, you know, I've got eight LLCs with various partners, various structures, various strategies, all of this stuff's working. And, and something I did not foresee was complication. Because it's these, having these eight LLCs, I mean, if you're going to go into this business and you want to use other people's money, one or two LLCs, great idea. When you start getting up there in a number like up to eight, uh, it gets very complicated. It's created a bookkeeping nightmare as well as a management nightmare. And uh, not just because of the number of companies that I'm managing. I mean, that, that does create a, its complication in it all by itself. But because of the varying speeds, the varying manners of how each LLC operates and produces its income, and the number of people that I have to report to. It takes up a ton of time to the point where it has prevented me this year from taking on any new projects and joint ventures. I've done very limited, limited, excuse me, um, very minimal, I guess, portfolio growth. We sold a bunch of property this year out of the portfolio. We got rid of a bunch of stinkers. So our, the portfolio is really strong right now and performing, but I didn't really add anything new to it. And it's really because I just didn't have the time to do it. Now, a lot of my, or a lot of um, this year, a lot of the money that has crossed my desk, a lot of the money that gets offered to me, uh, I've had to say no to. I just haven't had the available bandwidth to take on any more money partners. I'm doing deals. I've got my systems in place. I've got people running my systems, but I've stopped when it comes to growing, when it comes to scaling until now. You know, recognizing this problem about a year ago, I've spent this entire year creating my own private real estate hedge fund. I've mentioned it here before. Uh, I've been alluding to it, uh, but it's done. And this is the next level for me. It's what will allow me and anyone who finds themselves in a similar situation, even you, to scale, to grow without limits. So this time last year, I attended a symposium in Las Vegas on how to set up a fund. And I bought into this application for scaling my business for the following specific reasons. One, to simplify my operation. It was great having all that private money thrown at me, but it got very complicated and it actually stopped my progress. So rather than operating eight LLCs or more, my business will fall under one simple company structure where all of my investors can be, um, the, the correspondence can be exchanged at one time in one place with one report, the same report, and there will be one set of books, regardless of how many investors that I'm working with. There's no limit here. And that's what scaling is all about. How do you increase business without any additional effort? Well, this is how. And not to mention my bookkeeping, my admin, and my accounting costs are all dropping significantly. And so there those are three places right there that have been heavily weighing on me. And not just financially. Um, there's a lot that goes into admin and bookkeeping and accounting that, that uh, you know, gives you a lot of stress, steals a lot of your time. 
So, but then also the, the cost is going to go down as well. So that's one thing to simplify my operation. The second reason is to get rid of all the, the dead weight, to trim the fat, meaning cut out the lowest producing properties, the lowest producing structures, the lowest uh, producing strategies. I'm getting rid of all of that dead weight and we'll be able to redeploy those resources, re- redeploy that dead weight into other areas that are more productive, more profitable, more predictable. And, I, and I've been able to analyze the books over the last, I don't know, s- several years. I've looked, looked at the books going way back. And there are three strategies that have consistently produced a profit and healthy profits at that. So in my private fund, we will limit ourselves to just three strategies, throwing everything else out, out the window. We're going to hold on to just three, all of which are income producing strategies. There's that theme again, right? Streams of income. Focus on the streams of income. And collectively, these three strategies operating under one structure creates a legitimate hedge against losses, which I'll explain in a second. And when I was explaining to my fund mastermind group in Vegas how I'm structuring my fund, um, mouths were open, eyes were open, I had all ears, (laughs) and the hands just flew up asking, what are your three most profitable strategies that you're going to use? And I'm going to share those with you too in just a minute. Let me get through this. So the third reason is I chose a fund as my next level of growth. My time is going to be freed up to work with new investors now to to create mutually beneficial ventures of where I've been stifled for the last couple of years. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I have found myself this year consistently turning down offers to partner with people because... I just, I don't want to create another LLC. I don't want to open up another bank account. I don't want to create a new tax return. I don't want to assemble a a new team. I don't want new W-9s and 1099s and all that stuff and everything else that accompanies establishing a new partnership. Now, when I cross paths with someone that wants to partner with me, it's very, very simple. They can just buy a stake in my business and then they get to share in the profits with me. All right, so that's number three. The last one is uh, diversity for my clients. You know, aside from our turnkey operation, Cashflow Savvy, we can now offer an alternative investment for either those that don't want to be a landlord, but they still have the desire for passive income, but they don't want to be the landlord, or those that want to broaden or extend their reach, you know, diversify their portfolio in real estate into another real estate investment vehicle. So that's another benefit that's come out of it. Um, that was actually just an ancillary benefit. The, that wasn't the reason for starting it, but... Now I can see how that's going to provide a great service to the people that want to work with us. So all in all, the Epic Wealth Fund is simplifying my business while creating a new opening to receive private funding while offering additional services and investment outlets to my clients. And all the while, not, this is the important part, not adding any more work for myself. That's scaling. Okay, that's getting bigger the right way. It's a very exciting time for us here at Epic, and it's exciting to share this next level with you as it's happening, because you've been here for the whole journey. All right, so it's I really appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing this uh, podcast with um, your friends and your family and your associates. I really appreciate you spreading the word, because we just wouldn't be here if you didn't do that. So thank you. And it's so exciting for me to share this journey with you. And it's so exciting for me to hear about your journey as well, as... uh, you know, we're all in this together, right? Now, like I promised, I'll share with you the three most profitable strategies that I've participated in in the last several years and and how you and my academy members can benefit by either direct participation with us here at Epic Real Estate or by incorporating them in your own business. And we'll go over all three of those right after this. 
Alert! Alert! Real estate investors, listen carefully. A closely guarded secret reveals that closely guarded secrets aren't really that closely guarded. <laughs> Seriously, go to findmotivatedsellersasap.com to get the inside scoop on how the nation's most successful real estate investors really find their deeply discounted properties. Go to findmotivatedsellersasap.com. Deeper discounts, less secrets. Findmotivatedsellersasap.com. All hands went up in Vegas to ask the same question. What are your three most profitable strategies you'll be running in your fund? So I'm going to give these to you and listen, listen really closely of how this may work in your business or it may be something that you want to participate in because there's lots of different ways to participate with us or go ahead and steal the idea, take it back to your market, take it back to your business, use it on your own and make millions with it because that's what I'm going to do. All right. So you have the right to do that as well. That's what this podcast is about is sharing this information. And so we can talk about the beginning and how to get started as much as we want. We've done that so many times over the last four or five years. But sometimes let's go ahead and take it to that next level. Let's have a, a higher level of conversation when it comes to your business, because not everybody here is a newbie. Um, not everybody here is just getting started. There are people here that are doing business and I hear from you all the time. So that's why I'm sharing this with you. Um, so, okay. So strategy number one, transactional funding. That's the first strategy that we're going to be employing inside of the fund. Now, what that is, it's short-term lending, one to seven day loans. And typically it's for wholesalers to, um, flip properties and stay out of trouble. And, uh, here's why that's important. It's no secret that, uh, the number of closing agents that will perform double escrows, they've almost... They're almost extinct. It's really tough to find those right now. And, and what that's done, it's make, made traditional wholesaling almost impossible the way it's always been done. It's really difficult to do it that way these days unless you just have the, a solid relationship with your closing agent and you're able to do that. I mean, if you walk into the door and ask where they do it, most people are going to say no these days. So when this started to interfere in wholesalers' business, a, a clever workaround was found a different practice of assigning contracts, that was kind of what was embraced by wholesalers. And, and that's how most wholesalers are operating today. Now, unless you've had your head in the sand, um, you've recognized that there's been a lot of resistance on assigning contracts. You just go ahead and Google it and you can find all kinds of articles and blog posts and stuff. And then a lot of this Resistance has been coming from the National Association of Realtors challenging the practice of assigning contracts as they, they claim you're representing others in a real estate transaction without a license. You're practicing real estate illegally. That's their claim. And uh, you've certainly heard people at the REA groups say as much. And you've even heard there's some gurus in, that are taking this position as well in the interest of selling their system for wholesaling. They're using a fear tactic, so you'll have to use their system. And their fear tactic is that, hey, assigning contracts, that's illegal. And it is indeed representing others in real estate without a license. And you're going to go to jail if you keep on doing it. All right. So I'd like to set the record straight. It is not illegal to assign contracts, nor is it illegal to do a double escrow. If either of those were, licensed closing agents would no longer do either of them at all because they would be in trouble too. They would go to jail if they were breaking the law. But we still conduct a majority of our business that way through the assignment of contracts, at least our wholesaling business. So it's not against the law, but there's a big but here. What is happening in the community could potentially be worse, meaning 
that the belief and conviction from the real estate professional community, like realtors, like lenders, title agents, escrow officers, closing attorneys, their belief is that conducting business through double escrows and contract assignments is a little bit like the, you know, the, the wild, wild west and an avenue or, or a gateway, if you will, for real estate fraud. It, it, it's, uh, it just kind of opens up for the possibility of real estate fraud. And, and based off the current climate in real estate and primarily for the mortgage collapse due, or due to the mortgage collapse in 2007, and uh, actually quite frankly, for real estate histories, for the history altogether, for being a lucrative haven for fraudsters. There's a lot of fraud that goes down in real estate. Uh, what that's all done collectively is legitimate real estate professionals are rather scared and many are being extremely cautious, overly cautious, if you ask my opinion. Um, they're, they're, they're being very cautious in getting involved in any business that could remotely entangle them in fraud. So that's where it's coming from. And all the wholesaling is not against the law. The fear of fraud by real estate professionals may end up being even a stronger barrier to wholesaling than any law that could ever be passed. It's kind of like this, you know, crossing a busy freeway on foot, that's illegal, right? You can't cross a freeway as a pedestrian. <laughs> you can't do that. It's illegal. But it's not necessarily the law that stops you from doing it, right? It's the likelihood of you getting run over that does. Make sense? So as of now, it's not illegal to cross the busy wholesaling freeway. It is becoming more and more likely of getting run over. And that fear of getting run over is greater than the fear of breaking the law. How was that analogy? Do you get it? Make sense? So this is a, a, a situation where the fear of getting in trouble is more powerful than the fear of breaking the law, of which it's not a law. But if the fear beat it, beat it, beats us to it, passing the law, it might, it might not make a difference anyway. Listen, I don't know which one's going to happen first, the law or the united fear of the real estate professional community, but I do see something in the near future interfering with one's ability to earn their living um, assigning contracts or wholesaling properties. I, I don't think it's a stretch that a wholesaler in the very near future will have to technically close on a property before they can resell it. So that's why I'm putting in place a solution for wholesalers. You and my Epic Pro Academy members, specifically approaching 50,000 subscribers and members right now. You see, through transactional funding via the Epic Wealth Fund, you'll have the ability to continue wholesaling as a business for the foreseeable future. And there lies an opportunity for both wholesalers and Epic Wealth Fund shareholders alike. Or if your situation permits, you could double dip and participate on both sides as a wholesaler and as a shareholder. It's a solid strategy for the fund that produces a consistent income on not just a monthly basis, but a weekly basis and darn near a daily basis. So that's fund strategy number one, transactional funding. Strategy number two, note creation. No, we're not buying notes. We're not trading notes. Uh, we're not selling notes. We are creating them and literally almost, almost out of thin air. You know, currently through Cashflow Savvy, we offer 
and Acquisition Assistance Program. It's our AA program. We joke about it here. It's the AA program. Acquisition Assistance, where our cash flow savvy clients, with no qualification necessary, they place 50% down on a turnkey income property, and then they can take up to five years to pay off the balance. Some are three, some are five. I think we've changed it to five recently. And then we even offer an 18-month incentive, an 18-month same-as-cash payoff bonus, meaning if the uh, buyer pays off the loan within 18 months, they pay no interest. They get to deduct all the interest off of their, pay, their payoff amount. Pretty slick deal for the buyer. It's worked really well. This has been such a popular program at Cashflow Savvy that I can't keep these properties in stock. We have none right now. And there's actually a growing waiting list for them. And here's why the demand. For the buyer, there's no hoops to jump through. There's no lengthy, complicated paperwork that the bank might put you through. There's no credit checks, nothing. As long as the buyer has the 50% down payment, you qualify. Now, here's why we can't keep the properties in stock. Well, yes, first, obviously, the demand, right? Because we've sold them all. But second, it takes capital to acquire, rehab, and tenant these properties. So that's where strategy number two of the fund comes into play. It provides the capital to acquire, rehab, and tenant those properties, and then carry back the balance of the property's purchase price. And this strategy has an existing customer base via cash flow savvy and will easily be added to through the fund's own internal marketing efforts. I mean, it's, it's a win-win all the way around. The buyer adds a double-digit returning asset, the income property, to their portfolio with minimal effort, and the fund receives a healthy double-digit returning asset, the note on the income property, to its portfolio. And this strategy has been one of the best for my own portfolio to date to where it provides immediate income and then it locks in long-term gains. And it has the most solid safety net of any investment that I've ever seen. And again, here lies an opportunity for both buy and hold investors and Epic Wealth Fund shareholders. You, as an Epic community member, can take advantage of Cashflow Savvy's acquisition assistance program to build your portfolio with greater speed and ease. Or as an Epic Wealth Fund shareholder, you could take advantage from the other side of the equation within one of the more profitable and consistently performing strategies of all my joint ventures to date. Or again, just like strategy one, the transactional funding, if your situation permits, you can double dip and partake in both sides of strategy number two. All right, so then there's number three, strategy three. And it's it's long-term buy and hold in the interest of income and equity build. This is pretty simple, not nearly as sophisticated or as sexy as the other two, but not any less predictable or profitable either. For example, I have a multifamily property of, 45 units right now under contract of where approximately $600,000 is required to acquire and rehab the building. And through a relationship that I have in place with the VA, the Veterans Administration, and once this property is 90% tenanted, once it's rehabbed and 90% tenanted, the property will have a market value of $1.1 million. So that's taking a $600,000 investment, turning it into a $1.1 million. And then it's going to generate a little over uh, $130,000 of income a year. That's net income, by the way. That's after all expenses are paid. That's after vacancy. It's after maintenance. It's after everything. Taxes, all that insurance, all that good stuff. Um, So that's not a bad deal. That's a really good deal. And that's just the first. There are many more where that one came from. This strategy is more of a longer term strategy, meaning there's a big upside. It just takes a while for you to be able to realize the upside. It's going to take some time, months, you know, before it begins to perform. 
But in the meantime, the fund has strategy number one and number two to produce immediate returns for the fund. And that's where the hedge comes into play. There's, there's a fast income producing strategy in the transactional funding. There is a mid fast, I guess, <laughs> a medium paced income producing strategy in the note creation. And then a long-term income and equity build strategy in the buy and hold strategy, the buy and holds, right? So while the longer term strategies develop, the shorter term strategies produce income for the fund and its shareholders right away. And once the long-term strategies mature, it provides stability of income for the fund and its shareholders. Does that make sense? So on a smaller, more simple scale, that was a, a lot of explanation, but I want you to understand the actual strategy because this is... Um, the details are why they work so well. Because if I just said flipping houses, you'd be like, yeah, well, everyone does that. But there's a special way that we do it. So on a smaller scale, if you're flipping and holding in your own business, if you're flipping houses or wholesaling, whatever, just call it flipping. Um, if you're flipping and holding your own business, you're essentially accomplishing the same thing that the fund is. You have this short, this quick money and you have the longer term money. And then you could one up the income stability of your business by lending money also. So there, the entire episode's right there summed up in those last three sentences. If you're flipping and holding in your own business, you're essentially accomplishing the exact same thing. And then if you want to add that one more level of uh, stability, the income stability, go ahead and start lending money also. Got it? So anyway, what, what insight did you get from this? I mean, we talked about me, we talked about my business, but I share in a way that hopefully I'm, I'm sharing in a way that you see some sort of opportunity or some sort of possibility for yourself. So what insight did you get from this? Which one of these strategies could impact your business? Or which one of these new epic services will take your business to its next level? Or will you want to become a shareholder of the Epic Wealth Fund and, and let me do all of the work while you share in 60% of the profits? Yeah, that's the split, 60-40. Shareholders get 60%. Or all of the above. There's no wrong answer here because each and every one of us come from a different place. We have... Uh, we are at a, at a different uh, place in our business. We have different resources available to us. We have different goals. We have different uh, you know, directions that we want to go in. So there's no wrong answer here. Just I just want you to look at my sharing in a way that you can see something possible for yourself. What is the next level for you? That's what I'm really asking. What's the next level for you? If you're an accredited investor and you'd like to get some more information about the Epic Wealth Fund, go to epicwealthfund.com where you can access the fund's executive summary. If opening up your financial statement each month is about as exciting as watching paint dry, <coughs> the Epic Wealth Fund may be the next investment opportunity for you. The Epic Wealth Fund invests in distressed real estate and shares the profits with its shareholders. If you're an accredited investor who has already enjoyed success elsewhere in their business or investing life, and you're seeking a broader exposure to real estate in your portfolio on a passive basis, the Epic Wealth Fund's executive summary is available for your review. Go to EpicWealthFund.com to review the fund's executive summary. EpicWealthFund.com Real estate investments involve a high degree of risk. Residential income and returns may vary and are not guaranteed. Past performance is no indication of future performance. Nothing herein shall be construed as investment, tax, legal, or accounting advice. Throughout November and December, I will be conducting free online coaching sessions from methods to uh, raising private money, to quitting your day job, to creative deal structuring, and it's all totally free. 
totally free. So go to epiconlinecoaching.com and claim your spot. And these are 100% educational. There's nothing for sale here. You know, I'll, I'll, at the end, I might say, hey, if you want to become an ep- a member of the Epic Pro Academy, go here. But that's it. This is all education. There is no sales pitch. There's no um, no fluff. This is all the real deal. And that's free for you through the month uh, months of November and December. So go to epiconlinecoaching.com and claim your spot. It's free. Recordings of each training, however, will be made available inside the Epic Pro Academy. It's free to you whether you're an Academy member or not. It's free to you just for being my friend and being a supporter of this show. But the recordings will be available inside of the Epic Pro Academy. Alrighty, that's it for today. I'll see you next week. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.